For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live, and welcome to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to push past your fears and soar. Well, hello, it's Denise Taylor. As always, I'm excited to have you check in with me here at Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. This is the place where we believe that you truly can build a life that you love without apology. And not only that, I believe that you've been given power to do it, not fear, but power. We talk about the superpowers here, seeing yourself successful, shaking off fear, doing the work, taking care of you, and holding fast to your faith. Those superpowers, I believe, will help you be successful in any area of your life. Now, this tips from the top series is one that I decided to do because I have some amazing professional connections, even some with that C-suite title. And I decided to get to know the persons behind the title so that you can understand their journey, their experiences, and even more their wisdom about how to excel professionally and in your career. Today, we're going to meet Shanna Platt. She is a CEO. Yes, woman CEO, and she oversees business operations at Coleman, Lou, Kenny, and Bowen. And that is a recruiting firm. When we talk about her experience, she actually started in a completely different industry, doing completely different work. But she has navigated her way to that top seat. And today, we get to have a conversation, a very transparent, authentic, open conversation with her about her experiences and how we can learn from her sharing her wisdom. And so I want you to listen closely because I know there are so many nuggets that you can take away. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Shanna and I think you will too. Well, I am so excited to have with me today, Shanna Plot. I met Shanna, gosh, a couple of months ago and there were three things that stood out to me when I met her. One, I found her to be a really great communicator. She was very straightforward, very articulate, which I completely appreciated. The second is she's a woman in power, right? She's carrying a title of CEO and she carries it, carries it in a way that is not boastful. She is very down to earth. You know, she's one of those people are, that's like, if you need me, call me. She wants to make sure you thoroughly understand everything that's going on. And I appreciated that. And then finally, I wanted to talk with her today because everyone has a story. And when we talk about tips from the top, This is really getting behind the title. Although she has a great title, I'm impressed by it. Anytime you say CEO, that makes you think of a very impressive person who has to have great experience. But more than that, I found her personality to be very authentic. And I wanted her to share with us today as a part of this series. And so it is my great pleasure 
to welcome you to the podcast, Shanna. And I want you to take the opportunity to introduce yourself to us. And as you feel comfortable, share with us whatever you like from your professional experience and career. Great. Well, thank you so much, Denise. It's always such a pleasure to get to see you. And truly, I was honored and humbled to be invited to be a part of your podcast series. It's such an impressive venture that you've um, jumped into, and I'm I'm just delighted to have a a part in it. Um, So I'm the owner and CEO of Coleman Luke Canny Bowen. We're a retained executive search firm. We have an office here in Charlotte and an office in New York. So we recruit key leaders for companies across just about every industry sector you can imagine. But I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be a search consultant. Frankly, I don't think anybody that does this grows up thinking that's what they're going to do. My degree is clinical in nature, and I went to work for a nursing home and retirement community right out of college. Um, I took a job that I was not qualified for, but it got me to Charlotte. So I thought maybe I'd spend a year there and then I'd do something different. Well, lo and behold, I ended up staying there for about eight years, um, left the clinical side of the business, went into marketing and fundraising. And so really, my career has been twofold. I've spent about half of it in the not-for-profit world, mainly in marketing, fundraising, communications, and then the other half in executive search. I was working for a retirement community in the top marketing and fundraising job, and I got this crazy call one day from a recruiter who said, there's a big search firm that's coming to Charlotte and they need to hire someone. Would you be willing to talk to them? And I said, I think maybe you're calling me by mistake. I'm a fundraiser in a nursing home. Nothing about this makes sense. But for whatever reason, they said, you know, we have this theory that good fundraisers make good search people. So would you be willing to have a conversation? I thought, what do I have to lose? Sure, I'll have a conversation with just about anybody. So um, I ended up meeting a wonderful man who had opened a lot of offices around the country of one of the big search firms, Hydrogen Struggles. And for whatever reason, we really clicked and he took a chance on me. I took a chance on him. And I'll tell you, looking back, there was nobody better from whom to learn the search business. And that really um, was the springboard for my career in the search industry. I learned a tremendous amount from this gentleman, and I owe him just an incredible debt of gratitude. Um, Did that for several years. Then I had three babies kind of back to back to back within two and a half years, no multiples. Oh, my God. And um, at that point, technology wasn't what it is today. So I stepped away from the search world for a few years, went back into the not-for-profit world, knew at some point I'd probably go back to search which I did about 10 years ago. And here I am today at at Coleman Lou Candy Bowen and loving every minute of it. Oh my gosh, that's an incredible story. You know, sometimes we start off on a different path and find ourselves really drawn into what we are almost destined to do and where we can find tremendous amount of success. So when you think about success from your perspective, how would you define that? Gosh, you know, I think there are so many different ways to define success. And I think success looks very different at different stages of life. So I don't think there's a right and wrong answer to that question. But I thought about that in advance of, of our visit today. And I think for me, at this point in my life, career-wise, 
personally, everything else. Success for me is realizing that success is about balance for me. It's about balancing my work and my passion. And I am innately a natural connector of people and opportunity. And there's no better career within which to be able to do that and balance it. So um, it's not about income. Certainly income is important, but it's great that that's not my primary driver today in my career and it doesn't define my success. But for me, it's, it's the ability to make that match. I've got a client, a company who has a need and I'm able to bring them great options and I'm able to introduce someone into a brand new career, which many times is life changing. And for me, there is no greater thrill or no greater measure of success for me personally than that today. It's a lot of fun. Making that connection has to be very, very um, fulfilling, a sense of accomplishment. Like you said, not only for the two entities that you are looking to serve and make almost that complete match happen. Mm -hmm. So when you think back, right, what's the hardest thing that you had to overcome to sit in the seat you're in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think naturally I am a very risk averse person mm-hmm. and I had to get comfortable taking some risks. Now I'll never be the guns blazing risk taker that some people are, um, but I do think there is some element of risk that you've got to be comfortable taking. And so for me, I think it was, you know, getting comfortable with the fact that there were about 20 families who were dependent on me and this firm for their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I, um, you know, buckled up. I took a deep breath. I worked really hard. I was willing to take some well thought out calculated risks and took a leap of faith. And thankfully it worked. But I think the risk piece was the part I had to get most comfortable with that really pushed me outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And when when I listen to you talk about your journey, you had to navigate a lot, right? And you had to use that inward intuition to say, I think this is the move for me. You had to sense something Mm -hmm. with each of the moves that you made, even with your relocation. At what point in your career did you feel successful? Yeah, yeah. You know, probably when success was no longer defined by my income. Once I knew that my family's needs were taken care of and that I could really focus on some things that were bigger and more important to me than my paycheck, that's when I felt successful. And that was about being able to build and inspire an awesome team Mm -hmm. to be able to do really great work for our clients who called us back because they were so pleased with the work we'd done for them. Mm -hmm. And then they sent us to their colleagues as well. Um, That I think made me feel like we, not just me, but we as a team had achieved great success. Oh, that's impressive. And I love the, I love the element of how you share that with your team. Um, Because to me, that is tremendously important, especially as a leader to recognize where the true wealth and power comes from. And it's that team that you get a chance to lead. When you think about the best career advice that you've ever received, what was that? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've been really fortunate and gotten many, many um, pearls of wisdom and nuggets of career advice along the way. Um, I have a bulletin board right here by my desk, and I keep all these little nuggets of wisdom posted all over my bulletin board. Um, one of my colleagues gave me the greatest piece of career advice, and she still works with me today. Her name is Robin. I think you've met her before. Um, she's my ride or die teammate across this crazy journey within Coleman Lou Caney Bowen. And Robin has this saying, and I really try to live by it each and every day, and that's this. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's really simple, but it's so easy to get involved in the weeds and the clutter and the minutia that really doesn't matter that much and really isn't about the main thing. Mm -hmm. So I really try to live by that. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And it's right here on my bulletin board. Yeah, that, that's one of those things that kind of helps steady you, like you said. Yeah. And it gives you perspective and balance because sometimes we can definitely spiral down a rabbit hole. We can right. find ourselves unraveling about things that really are not the main thing. And so I think that wit and wisdom is something that we could take to heart because like you said, it applies and it gives us that perspective and balance in every circumstance, whether yeah. it's home or whether it's work or whether it's, you know, with family or whatever the case may be. So I love that. I love that she shared that with you and you were able to take that in, you know, as we're going through our career achievements, sometimes we get feedback that might take us by surprise. Uh -huh. Um, tell me about a time when you got some feedback that took you by surprise mm -hmm. to hear, but you're so glad you received it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I chuckled when you introduced me and, and described me as a good communicator because it relates specifically to that. Back in my early search career, I went to meet with a new client. I was making a presentation to this gentleman who went on to be the CEO of a big prestigious company. He was a tough guy and I was a nervous wreck mm -hmm. and I was making my presentation and he stopped me in the middle of it. And he said, Shanna, I am falling asleep between your words. Wow. And after I choked back the tears and picked my stomach up off the floor, I thought I'm going to really take this to heart. Mm -hmm. And I've always remembered Larry sharing those words with me. And I really, I worked hard to be very concise and really fine tune my communication skills. Mm -hmm. I have another client who has a mantra that I love and he says, be bright, be brief and be done. <laughs> and I think that just fits beautifully with Larry telling me that he was falling asleep. So that was hard to hear, but it's something I always remembered. And I've been very intentional about working on that since then. Yeah, I'm going to take that one bright, brief, and done. Be bright, um, be brief, and be done. Oh, yeah, that, that's a really great wisdom, especially for someone like myself, because I can go on and on. Me too, me too. So when you think about this whole concept that I'm sure is not new to you of mentors and sponsors, and you know, you, you read articles that says you have to forge these relationships. Yeah. How did that happen for you? Were you able to forge what would be considered mentors or sponsors yeah. um, in your career journey? And how did they show up and how did they play a role? Yeah. yeah. You know, I've been incredibly fortunate because I've had some amazing mentors across my life, both, both personally and professionally. 
Um, some of them I sought out, some of them happened organically. Ironically, I think the ones that developed organically ended up having the greatest impact on my life, particularly from a professional perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think back to my former business partner, Chuck Liu, who founded our firm over 40 years ago, and he and I worked together for a number of years. He retired, I guess, a little over three years ago. Um, and has just been an incredible mentor to me. Part of that is that he always believed in me, probably a whole lot more than I believed in me. And that kept me going. Having said that, he was tough. He'd give me really direct feedback. I was um, had to be very open to hearing that feedback, asking for that feedback, asking for that coaching. And I think it's really important with mentors that it's also a two-way street that it's not just me taking, 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 but also being willing to be a supportive listening ear or whatever else I could do to reciprocate from the great gifts that I've gotten from my mentors along the way. Mm -hmm. The other thing I think we've all got to do is pay it forward. Again, I've had great mentors and I'm so blessed by that, but I've also had to be very willing to extend a hand to somebody coming behind me and also, you know, provide that mentorship accordingly. I think it's so important for all of us. Absolutely. Paying it forward is when you reach the point where you understand that uh, significance supersedes success, right? Because yeah. you don't make it about you anymore. It becomes yeah. about what you can give and what you can plant and sow into others. And so yeah. I understand that concept. And once you get it, it's, it, it hooks you in, right? Mm -hmm. There's a fulfillment that comes from it that just doesn't feel like anything else once yeah. you really understand uh, the value that you can have with other people. That's very impressive. So tell me about it, uh, um, how you feel when you're underestimated, when you um, have to rise to the occasion yeah. to overcome um, stereotypes or preconceived mm -hmm. notions of being uh, not fit, not ready, not the one mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. underestimated. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's face it, none of us likes to feel underestimated. That never feels good. But for me, it's been a journey in terms of how I've dealt with that. Mm -hmm. I reflect back to early in my career um, when I felt underestimated and it really hurt my feelings. And I think it made me doubt myself a bit as well. Mm -hmm. Then I think about chapter two of my career and I think my fierce competitive spirit came roaring with a vengeance. And by golly, I was determined to prove the doubters wrong mm -hmm. at any cost. I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then I think chapter three, I really settled into somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. It still doesn't feel great when someone underestimates me, my team, my company. I doubt myself a little less. Still have a little bit of that competitive spirit, but I try to keep it in check and use it for the greater good. But I've also realized you can't please everybody all of the time. You can't win everybody over all of the time. And sometimes you have to just let it go. It's part of life. Yeah. Now, would those sentiments be synonymous with what would be challenging being a woman CEO? Or are the challenges different when you say yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I think it's certainly part of it. Um, and I'm in an industry where there are very few women who own search firms. There are a few, but not many. Mm-hmm. So still a male-dominated industry. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that we show up based on the good work we do, the great client service that we give. Mm-hmm. But, you know, certainly there are still challenges in that respect. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as a woman CEO, one of the biggest voids that I see is it's harder to really build and develop that sisterhood mm-hmm. of fellow woman CEOs, particularly in our industry. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been able to do that with a few treasured, treasured professional friendships, and I would not trade those for the world. They've been amazing in terms of providing support, best practices, good ideas, and just good plain old sanity. So to me, that's been a challenge, but the greatest gift that's come from being a female CEO that feels really committed to developing those relationships. It's so important. Yeah, that that is important. And you know, from my perspective, I can echo the same. It's really hard, you know, because I came up in a technology field. So Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, it's even tougher, you know, just being a woman, but being an African-American woman makes it a a little bit more um, tough to forge those type of relationships because you oftentimes, and I'm sure just from hearing you describe the nature of the industry you're in, you're looking around and you're like, I'm the only one here. (laughs) I'm the only one in here. And you just have to square your shoulders and really show that you're not there by favor or chance. You're there because you have the diligence and the experience to be in the room. And that just makes me think a little bit about the glass ceiling. Is that a real concept that you've experienced Mm -hmm. when you look back over your career? Did you face any barriers to management? Yeah. You know, yes, I do think it's real. I think, um, unfortunately, it does still exist. Is it better? Yes. Do we still have a long way to go? Yes. Am I fully committed to doing my little part to helping shatter that? Absolutely. Um, But I do think it's there. You know, I'm thrilled that I think I look across the world and my clients are becoming far more intentional about requesting, insisting, sometimes demanding Mm -hmm. that we show them very diverse groups of candidates. And many times that's, you better show us as many women as you do men in a certain field. Mm -hmm. But to use your words, people that are here, not by favor, but because they are fully qualified to do a job. Mm -hmm. So I think we're making progress, but I think we've still got a ways to go for sure. Mm -hmm. When we look back over 2020, that had to be one of the most unprecedented (laughs) experiences. And when you think about your industry, you think about your team and you think about yourself, what impressed you about being able to make it through that entire season of what will long be called the year of 2020? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm most impressed by the fact that we made it, but it was stressful. And I'll tell you, Denise, I had about two weeks when the world turned upside down that I did nothing but field calls from clients, one after another, after another, who said, we've got to put this project on hold. We're coming back, but we have to put it on hold. And for about two weeks, I had some sleepless nights, again, of thinking, oh, my goodness, I have 16 families that are counting on me and us to pull through. Mm -hmm. So I took a deep breath, 
I said a whole lot of prayers. We buckled up. We really controlled our expenses. Our team really rallied. We all put our head down and worked hard. We connected with clients that we hadn't talked to in ages. Mm -hmm. And in a little bit of time, we were busy again. You know, we had our peaks and our valleys, but we made it. We didn't furlough anybody. Thank goodness none of our team had any, you know, terrible illnesses personally or within their families. And everybody's still intact today and we're as busy as ever. So, you know, I think it's, you know, we had a little luck. We had a whole lot of faith and a whole lot of grit that I think carried us through. But yes, I'm incredibly thankful and boy. What a ride it's been. Yeah, yeah. It, sure. it, and I, I echo your sentiment that we made it through. And um, I will tell you that I I now value celebrations because yeah. of that. I value taking time to enjoy the journey mm-hmm. um, because we did make it through and we mustered up all of those things that you talked about with grit and heart and commitment to one another in that world of difference. I just want to tap into a little bit of how you manage through. There's this whole concept of choosing your battles, right? Yeah. You know, and I would imagine at the seat that you sit in, there are so many different things that you have the potential to insert yourself in, but then you have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to pull yourself out. And so when you are assessing what you need to choose in terms of your own battle to forge and not necessarily Mm -hmm. that it's a bad battle, but your own battle to forge personally, what are some key things that you Mm -hmm. assess? Mm -hmm. Well, this is something I've worked on my whole life because I have a big personality and I'm the first to admit that. Um, And I think uh, my natural tendency is to want to win or be right but I've been very intentional about working on that. I think I've come a long way in the sense of, you know, really choosing your battles and and really peeling back the onion to figure out, does it even really matter? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't really matter, don't fight that battle. Um, Is it about just being right? Is it about just winning? If it is, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's a battle that you've got to fight. And is it going to impact our clients? Is it going to impact our team? Is it going to impact the integrity of our business and the values that we stand for? Those are the battles that I feel like I have to fight. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, not so much. Mm -hmm. I want to ask these particular questions because there often is a divide between leadership and people Mm -hmm. who are perceived as working. And they often feel like they're disregarded and they're not taken into consideration. But what I want to emphasize is that people who are leaders are thinking through what you said, right? You're constantly thinking about the families that are relying on the viability of the company, of everyone that's connected. When you're looking at hiring, right? Mm -hmm. What do you consider most? When you're looking at promoting, what do you consider most? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mentioned early on, I think very few people grow up thinking, when I grow up, I want to be a recruiter or a search consultant, right? Mm -hmm. We've all taken these twisty, turny paths that led us there. Mm -hmm. With that, you know, I rarely hire for past professional experience mm-hmm. because I think our world is 
pretty unique. I hire for smarts. I hire for people who have this voracious desire or thirst to be a lifelong learner. I hire for people who have a really, really strong work ethic. And again, going back to that magic word of grit, they've got grit and tenacity. I feel like the rest you can teach someone, but those are the big characteristics that I really look for in terms of hiring someone. In terms of promoting people, certainly those same characteristics are really important, plus a few others. You know, we look at people who've done a great job in the core job for which they're hired. We look for people who are a lot more about we than I, because that's a big part of our culture. We look for people who thrive in an environment that involves heavy feedback. And that's not just a top-down kind of feedback. We all give each other feedback. And I promise you, my team gives me as much, if not more feedback on things I could do better than the reverse. That's part of who we are. So we look for people who are very comfortable and thrive in that kind of environment. And then lastly, people that are willing and have a demonstrated track record of raising their hand to be a part of firm-wide initiatives over and above the job for which they're hired to do. That could be a task force. It could be leading a project or just about anything. But we want people that are willing to go the extra mile for the greater good of the team and the firm to be promoted into bigger leadership roles. That is, you know, I love that you shared it the way that you did because that's so transferable. I think that the wisdom that you shared in that moment will help anyone wherever they are because that shows that you are a bigger thinker you're ready to make a bigger impact and yeah. thinking about more than just you yeah thinking about what you can do to serve in the environment that you're in and so I think that wisdom is is key thank you for sharing that absolutely so when, what when you think of people right that you've come across especially because you get a chance to talk to so many especially through your career you've had What's one mistake you see people make over and over that just yeah. like low hanging fruit? Like yeah. you yeah. just want to say, oh, stop that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one that has a great impact on me is, you know, when we do a search, we might talk to several hundred people. Mm-hmm. Only one person wins, right? Mm-hmm. One person gets the job. So we have to say no to a lot of people mm-hmm. and nobody likes to be turned down. That never feels good. But to me, it's all about how you handle that. Mm-hmm. The sportsmanship, the grace that you show through that process is really, really important. There's no reason to argue with the messenger or to get huffy with the messenger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's part of it. And, and we work really hard to close the loop with candidates. We don't always get it right, but I'd say 95% of the time, we think that's really, really important. And I'd tell you, most people, they just want to know something. They want to know the outcome. They want the feedback if there's any, and they don't want to be left hanging. Mm-hmm. But you do have a number of people that get pretty upset with us. And I think that that's, um, you know, that's a a reminder that, you know, you got to be a good sport and handle it with grace. Mm -hmm. That is, that's very, very key. So because of the field you're in, I thought I would ask this question. 
about when someone is trying to assess or consider a professional shift and whether Mm -hmm. something that like that would be necessary because, um, you know, opportunities lurk out there frequently, especially for high performers or high achievers. Um, What would you say are factors that they should consider when they're thinking about or even considering a professional Mm -hmm. shift? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think I can probably boil that into three different scenarios or three questions that I always encourage someone to ask themselves. First, are they running away from something or are they running to something? Mm-hmm. There's not a right or wrong answer to that. However, you know, when someone's running away from something, sometimes they're not quite as discerning or deliberate in making this next career shift, because again, they're trying to get out of there and get onto something else. So I really encourage people to really think through that question and just be very disciplined about slowing down the process and making sure you do your homework. We probably see more career mistakes that get made when you're running away from something and you quickly make that shift than otherwise. So that's one that I would mention. Um, Second, I would say, you know, ask yourself, do I dread Monday's coming? Mm -hmm. Or do most days, do I wake up excited to go to work? Mm -hmm. And if you find you reach a point that the dreaded Mondays outweigh the days that you're excited to get up and go to work, Mm -hmm. it might be time to start thinking about the what next. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, you know, are you in a job where you feel like you've done all you were hired to do? you've shifted into maintenance mode, the return, the impact that you're making is diminishing greatly. Because if it is, that may also be a time to start considering that next chapter of your career. So those are just three different scenarios that we see play out quite often. Mm, That's really, really good. Very, very, very wise. And I'm sure you have those kind of coaching calls as you are helping people. Once in a blue moon. Yeah, (laughs) helping them to assess. And so I appreciate you sharing that. And so then finally, my final question for you, well, not my final, but my final before my last three is the biggest misconception about CEOs. What is that? What is the biggest misconception? Well, gosh, I'm sure there are lots, but I would say um, the one that comes to mind for me is that they know everything and they are the most connected and supported person in an organization. Because I think often it's very lonely in the CEO seat. Mm-hmm. Because you have a very, very small group of people, if any, within your own company, who can be your very closest confidants about everything across the business. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to why I think that sisterhood of fellow CEOs is so important mm-hmm. and well worth really nurturing, cultivating those relationships. Because that. it can be lonely in that seat. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Well, one of the things that's a mantra for me is Mm -hmm. I try to encourage people to build a life they love without apology. And so I love to close out with what I call my LLH, life, love, and the pursuit of happiness question. I want to give you a chance to respond to them. So the first one is this, what's your life wisdom that you would tell your younger self about life if you could? Mm. 
Don't sweat the small stuff. People get mad, mistakes get made. We all screw up, learn from it and move on. That's an excellent advice. Excellent, excellent. What love wisdom would you tell your younger self if you could? Mm. That self-love is really, really important. I think often we take a lot better care of everybody else that we love and less care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be kinder to ourselves. There will always be somebody that's prettier, more successful, thinner, makes more money, drives a nicer car, whatever. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself because until you do that, it's hard to really give your full self to everybody else in the world. Oh, that's so beautiful. And then finally, What's your happiness wisdom that you would tell your younger self if you could? Probably to enjoy the journey. It's great to have goals. It's great to be focused on achievement and success, but to really slow down, take time to stop and smell the roses. I know that's corny, but life goes fast. I remember hearing that years ago from my grandmother and the older I get, the more I realize it's very, very true. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really important to slow down and really savor that journey. Oh my God, Shannon, you were, you were awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, such a pleasure. I enjoyed being with you. Yeah. Just sharing from your experience and your wisdom and The final thing I always love to say is that success looks so good on you. Oh, right back to you, my friends. So how many nuggets did you get? One, two, three, four. There were so many packed into that. I want to thank Shanna for opening up her door. You know, when I reached out and said, hey, I'd love to have a conversation and here's the goal of what I'm trying to achieve. She quickly responded and got on board. And I appreciate that. I appreciate her support and I appreciate her openness. Now, the nuggets that you learned, I want you to take those, apply those and use those to help propel you to what it is that you want to achieve professionally. I believe that you can have it. I believe that you can do it. And I know you deserve it. Now, I thrive each and every day in our free Facebook community. And so if we haven't connected there, come on over and see me. In addition to that, you know my email, denise at denisetaylor.live. So please send me some feedback on how this conversation has impacted you. Now, if you haven't taken the time to share with someone else, this is a great episode to do so. Share the podcast with someone that you believe will be encouraged and even more, they'll feel real good that you thought about them. I will look forward to seeing you next time as always and make sure you embrace your power and go. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you truly deserve life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. Life, love, in the pursuit of happiness, easy to find. Now, if you want more information about my success superpowers, as I'm sure you do, download my free success superpowers ebook at denisetaylor.live forward slash podcast. And one last thing, always embrace your power and go.